I'm sorry, brother. Sorry that I brought you into this. I just wanted things to be the way they used to be. That's my brother, Will. I could use some help. My wife needs this surgery. This is real life. How's that right? You put your life down on the line for this country? You leave your family, your home? How much do you need? 231. How about more? 32 million. I need an extra man. I came to you for a loan. Look, have I ever gotten you anything that I couldn't get you out of? It's time for you to do something for your family. What can I do you for, officer? We're just doing a transfer in the back. I'll lay you uh, in in 20 minutes. Uh, if I could just get it done real quick, because I'm on the clock, promise not to rob the place. Oh. <laughs> Seriously, because that would be bad for my job. Okay. <laughs> I promise. All right, okay. All right, all right, okay, come all on. Right. <laughs> okay. Uh, 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 uh. Let's go, D. You are all gonna have the greatest story to tell at dinner tonight. Get out! Don't shoot a cop! Go, 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 go! Lock everything down. Nothing gets out. All the leaves are brown. I got a cop shot. I got to get him to the hospital. I'm going to need you to help us. Why don't you help us? We're doing hostages now. We're not crashing into this ambulance. We got a brother cop on board. Do you have EMT experience? Combat triage. You're a soldier? Yeah. We are trying to save you. One, two, three. Hey! Don't you move! You think you're so tough with that gun? No, Daddy, relax. I gotta get back to my wife and my son. Does your wife know you're up, Banks? We're not the bad guys. We're just the guys trying to get home. We don't get to walk off into the sunset. Danny, everybody knows how dangerous you are. Do you? You get your helos out of here now! I'm gonna get you back home, little brother. I'm gonna get everybody home. Welcome to the Strange Harbors podcast, a weekly discussion of film, television, and pop culture. My name is Jeff Zhang, and tonight I'm joined by... Amir Ture. And Derek Wong. So tonight we are going to be discussing the latest Michael Bay film, Ambulance, or Ambulance. I don't know how that's <laughs> styled. <laughs> but yeah, Bayhem is back, baby. We haven't gotten a new Michael Bay film since, uh, what is it, 2016? 2019, actually. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, Six, Six Underground. Six Underground on Netflix. Oh, okay. I must have erased that movie from my... <laughs> Mind and Transformers the last night. And Transformers night. the last night. I was gonna say <laughs> the movie I'm thinking of is Thirteen Hours: The Secret Soldiers of Benghazi, which was actually my only Michael Bay blind spot, which I corrected last week. I watched it last week. Oh, so you've seen The Last Night and Six Underground? Yeah, they're awful and forgot about them. Okay, just clarify. I totally <laughs> forgot about them. Just clarifying. All right, totally forgot about them. Yeah, I don't know why. I think that movie was just like. 
so heavily politicized back then. Surprisingly not horrible. Pretty decent action movie, but I don't know, maybe we should rewind a little bit and talk a little bit about Michael Bay, his career. I mean, let's just get right into it. Favorite Michael Bay movie? (laughs) Oh, uh, for me, it's absolutely The Rock. When I think of like action films in the 90s, that kind of jumps to the top of the list for me. Yeah, yeah. I think it's got to be The Rock, although both the Bad Boys movies are really good. And I really like Bad Boys. really like Bad Boys 2 as well, actually. But no, I think it's The Rock. I think The Rock might be the one that uh, uh, that takes the crown. I mean, shit, it's referenced in this movie, right? In this movie, <laughs> yes. So how could it not be The King? Let's go with The Rock. I'll say The Rock, too. Yeah. You can't go wrong with The Rock. Although Armageddon really does have a special place in my heart. I fucking love really? Armageddon. Maybe I got to rewatch yeah. Armageddon. I don't know. I don't have that. When was the last time you saw Armageddon? Dude, a million years ago. Probably Dude, when it's it came on out. cable, like, all the time. <laughs> Yeah, but I don't watch a lot of cable, man. I mean, you guys say The Rock, I say The Rock, maybe Armageddon. Coincidentally, both movies in the Criterion Collection. (laughs) That's nutty, really. Isn't that crazy? Michael Bay has two movies in the Criterion Collection. That is absolutely nuts. (laughs) Which is funny because Twitter had this whole meltdown over whether or not Michael Bay is an auteur, Mm -hmm. which is a stupid discussion because obviously he's an auteur <laughs> yeah clearly you don't have to be a good filmmaker to be an auteur. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think that might be the definitive uh statement on michael bay that's it that's all we, need. that's all we needed that absolutely just, says just it. gotta have a vision right but i actually like most of michael bay's movies Ooh, i think he has a lot of good movies i think the transformers movies are pretty bad i will defend the first one I actually do like the first Transformers. Okay, the Transformers movies have things going for them that I like. Really? I mean, the spectacle of it all, that's where like the auteurism comes in, right? So the thing is that I don't even particularly subscribe to auteur theory. I don't believe that film is the product of solely the director as the artist. I don't want to get into like the Andrew Saris, Pauline Kael stuff where they debated endlessly about auteur theory but i do agree that auteurs have recognizable recurring themes that inform the audience like who the director is and that's a hundred percent michael bay right he's critically Mm -hmm. reviled and people don't like his movies but like you can point at a michael bay film and you will instantly know that it is a michael bay film what other reviled director or like a director of like you know like these mid-budget action movies can you say that about who else is like that? He's got like the 360 camera pan, the slow motion, looking up at planes zooming through the sky, American flags, huge explosions. That's like 100% Michael Bay. And like, you can tell by watching a Michael Bay movie for like five minutes that it's a Michael Bay movie. And I don't know, he's got a bunch of bangers. Like Amir, like you said, the Bad Boys movies. Pain and Gain is great. Have you yeah. ever seen Pain and Gain? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I like that one a lot. The island is kind of fun. <laughs> and the first Transformers movies. I'll give them the first Transformers movie. Yeah. I think that was like revolutionary in like visual effects, like the uh, transforming effects, just having each of the pieces of the Transformers like as an individual CGI effect where they would come together. I mean, his sense of style is undisputed, I think. That he has one is undisputed. Whether it's yes, good is probably... <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna go the other way. I was looking at this list of movies. They're all pretty bad. 
<laughs> I was underwhelmed. Like, not that they're pretty bad. It's more that Michael Bay did a lot of good movies in the 90s and then has occasionally done something good since then, right? Like, yeah. I mean, I could even be a Pearl Harbor apologist, I guess. But, like, his first three movies are undeniably great, right? Bad yeah. Boys, The Rock, and Armageddon back to back to back. 95, 96, 98. Okay, maybe even Armageddon is not great, but those are all, like, for Michael Bay. That's, like, the pinnacle of his career, right? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, Pearl Harbor, you can make an argument for, maybe. I don't know what you guys think about that movie. Uh, it's not great. <laughs> take it or leave it. Yeah, take, yeah, it, or take it. it or leave it. Bad Boys 2 is good. I think we're all in agreement on that. The Island's meh. Even giving Transformers 2, that's 2007. Between 2007 and now, not talking about Ambulance, between 2007 and like a couple days ago when Ambulance came out, I don't know if he made a good movie besides Painting Game. Well, 13 Hours isn't bad. I'm a 13 okay, Hours okay. apologist since last week, but so many of those are Transformers movies, right? Yeah. And Six Underground. So, like, Six Underground's, like, the one that I just can't get on board with. It's, yeah, that one's it's real It's fucking bad. <laughs> really bad. But now we got Ambulance. <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen all the Transformers movies. I haven't seen 13 Hours or Six Underground, so I'm speaking out of ignorance and kind of just what I've heard about these other movies, kind of gut instinct. But I don't think if I watched any of those, I would be happy that I spent the time doing it. <laughs> I, again, I think in the last more than a decade... Okay, in the last decade, he's got pain and gain under his belt. I think he really just has, like, that string of good movies in the late 90s, and the rest are sort of take it or leave it? Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that statement. If you take out the entire streak of, like, the Transformers movies, his filmography is, like, spotty. Like, a little tighter, Uh, right? Yeah, it's a little tighter, I think. For sure. If you remove one, two, three, four, five bad movies. Okay, four. (laughs) Let's give you Transformers one, even though that one was also kind of mad. Five. Even giving you those five. I guess it's just that, yeah, since 2007, so much of what he's done has been Transformers. I guess another lens that we can maybe view this director in is, like, what director has as much of a box office success as he has take it or leave it any of these movies if you don't think they're good or not like how much money has this guy made right like how Mm -hmm. much money has this guy made for the studios that he's worked with as much Mm -hmm. as we don't like the transformers movies multiple of those movies have grossed over a billion dollars each at the box office right as much as we like make fun of him for making so many Transformers movies, I mean, there is kind of a reason because people showed up and watched them and we kept showing up and watching them. Can't blame him. And I'm sad to say that Ambulance is probably his best movie in years mm-hmm. and it's probably the one that's going to do the worst. Yeah. I mean, should we just get into Ambulance? Because I had a blast with this movie. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, mm-hmm. Super fun movie. And I was pleasantly surprised in the score because I went into it kind of thinking like, oh, it's long. But I was just like, Ugh, I don't know how I'm going to feel about this movie. I wasn't predisposed to liking it. I'll put it that way. Based uh-huh. on this run he's had of recent movies. And I think this won me over in spite of itself. This was, this was fun. Yeah. Maybe a decade ago, this would be like, yo, this is like cinematic junk food. But I was telling Derek a little bit ago that like, you just don't see these, like, mid-budget actioners anymore. Mm-hmm. And this felt like a fucking gourmet meal to me. Like, <laughs> an original... This is a remake, actually. Of, like, yeah, a, it is a remake. A foreign film. But, like, a non-franchise IP that's just full of spectacle, explosions, a fucking unhinged Jake Gyllenhaal in this movie. He's so funny in this movie. I fucking love mm-hmm. him in this movie. Yeah, best part of this movie. 
Yeah, but everyone's good in this. Yahya is great. Isa Gonzalez is great, too. And just Michael Bay doing Michael Bay shit. Blowing things up, destroying Los Angeles. Fucking open chest cavity surgery in a moving ambulance during a hot pursuit. It's fucking insane. Yeah, that's probably the, like, excitement peak of the movie, I think. Yeah. yeah. That was crazy. Yeah. Is this a mid-budget or is forty million mid-budget? I think that's yeah. considered mid-budget. That's considered now. mid-budget. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I think so. Okay, so what do you have to be to be high budget? I mean, I would even consider that like semi-low, right? Like I think mid-budget now is like seventies, like fifties to seventies. So if it's coming under fifty, that's that's still pretty low in my mind to get what he got out of this movie, right? Wow. Yeah. I think seventies yeah. pushing like blockbuster range maybe like the lower end i don't know i don't know Everything you got freaking skewed. endgame costing you like a yeah. billion dollars to make i mean that's the most extreme example i can give but you know what i mean like budgets are just getting crazy these days right and yeah i mean if it really is 40 million that's pretty astonishing to me yeah okay i want to get this out of the way before we really dive into this like i do think this movie is one a little too long i think it has maybe one or two extra like set pieces that i probably could have done without agreed i think that there's a little too many drones whipping down a building shot um (laughs) i think that you know you got the whole michael bay explosions 360 camera whips and and all of that and like sometimes a non-coherent story but having said all that like i think we all agree this was a super super fun movie and I was telling Jeff that, like, I, this was the first movie I watched after Everything Everywhere, right? We praised that movie last week. And I think I watched it, like, three or four days after that. I was ready to, like, not like this movie. I was ready to be, like, there's no way I'm going to have fun at this because I just had, like, a blast at this other movie. And, like, I'm, I'm still just thinking <laughs> about that other movie. But then I came out of this movie just on a high. I really, really liked this movie. And I had so much fun, even though I recognized all the flaws coming out of it. No, I was just going to say, so this beats everything everywhere all at once for you? No, absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> I will disagree with you because uh, give me all the drones. I want all the fucking all the drones. drones. You love the drone shot? <laughs> I fucking love the drone I shots. Admit, there are some pretty creative drone shots in this, like some pretty cool shots. There are, there are. There's some great ones and then there are some that are just fucking complete nonsense. Yeah. But just give me all of it. I just want all of it because it's <laughs> fucking cool. Yeah. I mean, what do filmmakers use drones for? Just overhead, like, Overhead yeah. establishing shots, B-roll yeah. stuff. This is, like, in the thick of the action, like, weaving mm-hmm. in and out of columns, going under cars that are, like, going over ramps. It's yeah. fucking insane. Yeah. Through explosions, it's crazy shit. He got, like, a expert competitive drone pilot to, like, pilot these drones. Of course Get he out of here. Yeah. Yeah, and they had, like, a VR headset to see, like, what the camera was capturing. Like, of course he did. Like, he, Michael Bay just... When he gets a shiny new toy, he has to fucking use it. And, like, this is the peak of of that mentality. Well, it's funny. When you think of, like, directors that are, like, kind of in tune with, like, technology and, like, trying to push the limits of what you can grab with a camera. It's weird to say this, but, like, the two people that come to mind for me are James Cameron and Michael Bay, right? <laughs> like, it's so weird to think that. We're, like, sometimes we make fun of Michael Bay, but, like, he's always at least trying to do something, right, with his movies, and he's trying yeah. to, like, push things in a way. Maybe not as successful as, like, other directors, but I will admire that about his career. 
and his style of directing. Yeah. And some of these drone shots are, like, hilarious because it'll, like, follow, like, a car and then, like, turn around and then, like, the next shot's not a drone shot and it's completely incongruous with a drone shot. So you're like, what the fuck are you doing? It doesn't even make sense. Why'd you? There's no transition there, but it's like, it's fine, whatever. He's using the drone. It's fucking cool. I think that just also goes into, like, his complete fucking lack of spatial awareness. Like, the geography of this movie is, like... Oh, my God. A complete fucking mess. But I feel like he just doesn't give a shit about that, you know? Wait, 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 wait. Is it geography in terms of L.A. geography or in terms of, like, the camera and things moving in space and not knowing where things are located? I don't know L.A. well enough. Me neither. I want to say it's both. (laughs) Okay, good. I was going to say I don't know enough about L.A. because that would not have been my chosen complaint. All right. Okay, so as an L.A. native. Let's go. (laughs) This movie makes no sense where they go, (laughs) right? There is like a shot of them in the L.A. convention center. And then the next shot is like, we need to get to the L.A. Convention Center. I'm like, you were just there. You're in the (laughs) L.A. Convention Center. Like, no way. And then, like, them going, like, we're going from downtown, and we're going to go to the 105, and we're going down the 105, and then later, they're in downtown again. I'm like, you just made a giant-ass circle then. And I don't know how you did that in L.A. traffic. And I know I mentioned a couple weeks ago, like, how much I hate when movies don't take traffic <laughs> in account but yeah like this was everywhere but hey if you're not an la native you probably don't know and like don't care but yeah so i'll forgive that a little bit i think i think like the john wick movies are the same way you know like one had like keanu reeves in common they're like shooting at each other in the oculus and they come out and it's lincoln center like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> if you're like a new yorker you're like yeah, what the fuck absolutely. is that you know mm-hmm. but whatever like it's just filming convenience but I mean, should we give a little plot synopsis? Yes. Bare bones. So Yahya Abdul-Mateen II plays Will Sharp, and he needs a ton of money for his wife's surgery. I think it's a cancer treatment, right? I think there's a yeah, she has cancer, fleeting but... mention of cancer. So he reaches out to his adoptive brother, Danny, who is career bank robber. And their father was an infamous bank robber, too. And Danny convinces him to take a part in this $32 million bank heist in downtown L.A. They have a whole crew. One of the dude's names is Mel Gibson (laughs) for no reason whatsoever. Fucking Danny says he looks like Mel Gibson. He does not look like Mel Gibson. (laughs) Uh, Whatever. It's fucking funny. Shit goes sideways, and they have to hijack this ambulance. During the heist, there's a wounded cop. And Isaac Gonzalez's character is the driver of the ambulance. Well, she has a partner who drives the ambulance, but he gets left behind after the heist. And they hijack the ambulance and they go on the run from the cops. And that's basically the whole movie. And with her and the injured cop as hostages. As a cop as hostages. As hostages, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. And they destroy all of LA. <laughs> I think from the advertisement, you think this is really going to be like a Jake Gyllenhaal, Yaya Abdul Mateen, the second kind of like headliner, right? Dual headliner. But then to realize that it really is like a three hander, right? Like, yeah, Isaac Gonzalez's character of, of Cam is really like, you know, once she becomes a hostage, she becomes basically a key player in all of this. And I do appreciate that. You know, we don't get the typical Michael Bay, at least I don't think I noticed it, like the typical Michael Bay lingering on like the female body kind of thing where. I think she's yeah. given that kind of respect as a female character. I think Cam is probably the best drawn female character in a Michael Bay movie and maybe ever. 
Yeah. I mean, still, like, she's got way too much makeup on for an actual <laughs> EMT. I mean, no EMT goes to work looking like that. I mean, she's fucking gorgeous, but, like, yeah. you know what I mean, right? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But she has, like, a whole arc. It's a little paint-by-numbers, and it's painted in broad strokes. You know, she's, like, this uh, no-nonsense EMT who doesn't like to make connections with her patients, and she goes through this whole arc through the movie. Uh, it's it's a little on the nose and a little too cute by half, but, like, it's an actual arc for her. I do really think that she's, like, pretty much the third lead here. Mm-hmm. Maybe even more than Yaya Abdul-Mateen a little bit. I don't think so. I think the film you don't is... You think so? I, I think the film is pretty squarely with him as the protagonist, and then yeah. Jillian Hall is the deuteragonist antagonist, and then yeah. she's also kind of deuteragonist, or whatever the three of that is. I don't know, because the movie's so clearly about him and his arc, and... His redemption or whatever, and the fact that he's a good guy underneath it all or whatever. Like, there's so much yeah. going on in the movie with that that I think he's still got to be your lead, right? You yeah. start with him, you're empathized with his arc, right? Yeah, I think it's still kind of his film. I mean, you also know there's a Michael Bay film because he's got his whole, uh, you know, soldier's good, government bad through line mm-hmm. that he fucking loves. It's in the Transformers movies, it's in The Rock, it's in Pain and Gain. And it's in this, right? Uh, it's all over the fucking place in his movies. Wait, where's the government bad in this one? I didn't see it. Maybe I just was completely... He's trying to get benefits out of his, like... Because he's, he's Yeah, a he's trying to get benefits like, out yeah. of the mm-hmm. army. Yeah, he's like a soldier. He's like a medic. And, like, they kind of mm-hmm. just leave him in the lurch to, like, right. pay for his wife's surgery by himself, right? Yeah. And Danny even says it's like, what'd you get out of that, right? You see this through line, like, all the way through a bunch of Michael Bay movies. Yeah. 13 Hours is another example. The The soldiers are the heroes. The CIA suits are like the uh, red tape, I don't know, roadblocks, you know? It is a thing with him. It's a, but it's not yeah. like a unique philosophy to him. Like, no, every, it's not. Not at all. Every movie has the the rogue cop hero and the, and the stick in the mud, you know, chief who's saying, I'm going to take your badge for this. Like, I don't know. This is the same shit. It, it's, just, it's just, I guess it's just the government in all these cases and not the individual heroes who are the cops and the EMTs and so on. I mean, I was kind of wondering with this movie, like, he's got all these cops. How is he going to square that circle when they're sort of the antagonists sort of in this movie to our heroes, right? Mm -hmm. The movie, as much as these are our protagonists, is still on the side of the the cops and the law, right? Like, you know this is not going to end badly for them. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things in this movie that don't make any sense, right? They're, like, trying to keep this cop alive, but with wanton disregard for any other kind of life outside of the ambulance, you know? It's just funny kind of stuff. Well, the thing is, like, I think Will's trying to keep him alive because, you know, Will's the quote-unquote good person in this and, like, Mm -hmm. would like to save his life. But, like, I think the Danny character is just trying to keep him alive because he is a hostage, right? He's, like, the most important hostage I think they have in the Yeah, 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 Yeah. for sure. That's the biggest leverage they have during Mm -hmm. this whole hostage situation yeah right um we've already kind of mentioned i think one of the better kind of set pieces the one i think is absurd but i immensely enjoyed was the surgery set piece right where mm -hmm. i found it so funny that like in a high-speed chase the most tense thing they actually had to go down to like 20 miles an hour right like they even said like we need to slow down so we don't rock too much and then like having these doctors zoomed into this surgery where they can still also see the heartbeat and the condition of the patient mid-surgery like is that a thing like 
Is that technology we have? It's so silly. It's so ridiculous. But I'm on board with it. It's fun. Yeah. It's fun. As ridiculous as the surgery is, it's also the highlight of the movie in terms of the tension, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. I really love that. Like, it's just fun. Just turn your brain off and enjoy it. It's fun. Speaking of fun, Jake Gyllenhaal. So good in this movie. I fucking love him. He's awesome. He's just going at a million miles an hour, just like, I don't know, on a coke bender, just totally just like... Just a giant asshole. He's manipulative. He's so over the top. I love him in this. He's so great. Also gay. Wait, what? Wait, what? <laughs> really? He's a hundred percent gay, or at least bisexual, right? I missed that because he went to school with the FBI agent that's trying to catch him, right? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. And he's gay, and they used to hang out and drink rosé all the time. Come on, man. Oh, I <laughs> guess. It's definitely hinted at that he's... Oh, uh, interesting. I didn't read anything. He's got a relationship. I didn't read into yeah. it too much. Yeah, I did oh, not read okay. into that too much. Huh. Also, come on, like, Cam douses him with a fire extinguisher, and he's like, it's cashmere! <laughs> you know, like, it's fucking hilarious, too. <laughs> the best line in the movie. Best I thought line it's just like an, a fat, like, rich villain asshole thing. I didn't think <laughs> yeah, it was that too, but like, I think it was like a gay thing. His line readings are fucking hilarious. I just uh, think that... I don't know, if he was gay, Michael Bay would have found a way to have him be like, I'm gay, because he's just so, there's just <laughs> no, no subtlety at all, like, yeah, yeah, I just, uh, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. he's growing as a filmmaker. Uh, you know what, that's fair. He does have the Isaac Gonzalez character. This is the best, right, the best female portrayal we've had in a while, maybe he's, yeah, maybe he's learning and growing and changing as a person, um, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, he's definitely the highlight of the movie in terms of funny performances, right? For like, sure. Oh, yeah. Um, Isaac Gonzalez is like, she's fine. Like, um, even Yaya Abdul-Mateen, I think he's probably more of a character than she is. You know, the emotional beats hit or whatever. Oh, really? Fighting I with the Danny. other way around. I thought... Yeah. Me too. Me too. I thought Will was like in the background for a lot of the movie. I mean, I don't know, maybe not, but like, I felt Cam's arc more than Will's. Interesting. I would agree with that too, actually. I thought she was very like... I mean... One note, she's trying to escape being a hostage, as we all would. She's trying to yeah, save this guy. For a good she's reason. She's trying to save yeah. this guy's life, as we all would. And then the very last, like, two shots of the movie, it's like, oh, she's regained her love for medicine or whatever. Well, it's not really about her regaining her love for medicine, but, like, she's opening up and, like, connecting with the patients. Yeah. she usually wouldn't. Um, it's, it's a little hokey. It's, like, broad strokes. But I don't know. It's more than female characters in Michael Bay movies usually get, so. And you think it's more than Yaya Abdul-Mateen had to, had to work with? I think for me, Yaya Abdul-Mateen, like, kind of falls in the background because he's, like, for most of the movie, he's just the driver. Yeah, he's just driving, mm. right? Like, I think, you know, Michael Bay tries to give him as much as he can, especially, like, you know, everyone professing, like, oh, man, this is a, a really good driver. Like, he's good at driving. Like, I get it. But I, I think I connected more with the Isaac Gonzalez character of Cam is that she gets, like, some of the better set pieces right like we talked yeah. about the surgery or like her being the one like trying to escape or you know what i mean she's like in it more than i think he, the yaya will character is because i think he's just so locked into being the driver yeah i agree with that and then probably until the like the yeah. gangland shootout right i think uh will gets a little bit more to do there but Jake Gyllenhaal is, like, the highlight, for sure. Yes, he is absolutely the highlight. He just has this attitude, which is, like, so funny. Like, there's a scene that's even played in the trailer where he lets the cop into the bank, you know? He's mm-hmm. like, okay, all right, all right, come in. And it's, it's just the look he has on his face. It's, like, so smarmy, and, like, it's it's a whole choice, and I'm fucking on board 100%. He's, 
He's hilarious in this movie. Speaking of characters, though, I do think that there's a little too many characters and like there's a lot of characters even michael bay has the audacity of like inviting like more characters to come on the later this movie gets you know what i mean like a lot of times you'll establish your characters pretty early on and like it's not until like halfway to this movie do we get the fbi agent that seems to be a key character and then it's not until almost like three quarters of the movie's almost done until we get to know this poppy character yeah when i mentioned earlier the set pieces and maybe inadvertently i guess the characters that i think are like a little bit unnecessary and i I think it's it's probably those two that i just mentioned the poppy Mm -hmm. character and the you know the fbi agent and I think mm-hmm. the set piece within the drug den, if I were to cut something, it probably would have been that. I wish we kind of stayed in the ambulance the whole time. The movie has a lot more energy and it's more fun when we're in the ambulance. And I think it was weird. It kind of stalled for me at that moment when we got there out of the ambulance. There are a lot of extraneous characters in this. Yeah. They even gave like uh, the wounded cop, his name is, what is it, Zach? Uh, his partner even gets a little arc. Yeah. Like, chasing the gangsters and then having to deal with captain monroe always good to see garrett dillahunt though i love yeah yeah Yeah. uh fucking crowbarty unfortunately he's not a terminator in this because (laughs) catches a bullet and dies instead of shrugging it off you know it's la when you have a huge usc fan like wearing all usc gear as a cop i guess (laughs) (laughs) yeah i agree that that whole like uh chop shop gang sequence uh, slows the movie down but I kind of think it's all worth it for that little Jake Gyllenhaal speech where he's like, you know, brother, you're going right in life and I'm going left. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> I just wish we could both go left. And I think we should so go left. And then they just pull their guns out and kill everybody in the room. Yep. It's like, all right, mm-hmm. I have no idea how that would work, but that owns. <laughs> That's 100% Jake Gyllenhaal's delivery. Like, those lines oh, should not so work. Good. Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. That's the peak of the movie making no sense and still yeah. being awesome. Like, what does going left have to do with you guys just standing back to back and killing a million (laughs) gangsters in the room who already have guns on you? Makes no sense. But you know what? I love it. That was actually Mm -hmm. a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Did you think the uh, Hispanic gangsters were a little racist? (laughs) I feel like Michael Bay always does this shit, too. It's a Michael Bay movie. So for the level of racism I expected, it was less than (laughs) – the racism and sexism in this movie are, like, way toned down from what you expect. Which maybe that's why it goes down a lot easier than some of his other movies. At least it's not like Jive Talking Robots or whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Yeah. Let's Yeah, I guess it just tries to be less funny and so you don't have those overt attempts at like, I don't know, twelve year old Xbox level humor. <laughs> <laughs> the lead gangster is named Poppy, so I don't yeah. know, but I mean I can't say to it, but like I feel like it's the least offensive he's been <laughs> when it comes to like his racial stereotyping. I like that he steals a move from Too Fast, Too Furious by having uh, all these different ambulance going from the same spot to distract yeah. the cops so that the ambulance painted bright green can get away. Yeah, isn't that the, immediately the one that you're like, oh, that's them? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I thought I missed something, but I guess it's just a Michael Bay lapse in logic. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, speaking of like, extraneous characters i think that character was like he didn't get that much to do though he didn't get that much to do but it's just like another character that we had to kind of keep track of for a little bit Danny's assistant yeah 
I thought him dealing with the flamingos and shit was so fucking funny. It's like some <laughs> party that he has to deal with that has nothing to do with anything, and he yeah. just has to take care of it. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, and, um, and the guy who's working for him with the, the ambulance painter, who like obviously doesn't know about his career as a bank robber, he's surrounded yeah. by all these gangsters. Like, oh, these guys are weird. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very funny. So I, I did want to talk about the ending of this movie a little bit, and I think this goes to why I didn't. I think out of the three, like the Yaya character was not as strong is that I think the end of his arc in this movie was kind of confusing. And like, I don't know how we got from trying to be the good guy. And then being the good guy means you having to kill your brother. Right. Like, <laughs> I understand this movie is about family and like they seem inseparable. Like they would never do anything to like get in each other's way or like they're always out for each other. But then I know then there's a separate idea that he has to do the right thing. And the right thing, I guess, at the end means shoot his brother in the back. I don't know about you guys, but I don't know how we got to that point. I don't know. I think he just realized that his brother's a fucking loose cannon. (laughs) I mean, Danny was just escalating that situation, right? Because they're cornered in (laughs) front of the hospital. Yeah. And he's about to fucking get everyone killed in like a hail of bullets, right? So I feel like, what else are you going to do? Right. It's like they got it. They made it to the hospital, which is like all he'd wanted to do kind of from the beginning, right? And they made it, and Danny was, I guess, jeopardizing that. I don't know. I mean, the twist, not even the twist, but the thing we didn't even talk about is that it's Yaya Abdul-Mateen's character who shoots the cop to begin with. Yeah. Yes. Right? Like, I don't know what wrinkle that adds to that, but yeah, he's actually the one who shot the cop. And it's, you know, Danny J. Hall the whole time who's sort of... I don't know, trying to protect him from those consequences or using that to hang over his head or to get him to go along or whatever. Well, but in the end, it's still Will that's seen as the hero, right? Like, he's the good guy. Even the cop's like, oh, yeah, he was a good guy. I'm just going to pin it on the guy who's already dead anyway. Right. Right. Like, you know, the cop had every right to be like, it was him. It was Yaya. He fucking shot me twice. Yeah. He's the one who shot me. Yeah. Like, he should be going to jail. I mean, he's still going to go to jail, but like. For me, like all of that, I mean, this is a Michael Bay film. Not everything usually works anyway, but like I found it very strange that like we just got to this point where it was either shoot your brother or not. Like, I don't know. I I think I could have maybe used a couple pieces of dialogue, like maybe just some scenes between him and uh, the Cam character saying like, how far are you going to let this go? Right. Like having him like have to contemplate what's the tipping point for this character um, I just don't think that's ever really questioned by his character. So it's like, I don't understand why this is the resolution that had to be for this movie. Yeah. I'm curious, like, were there any other kind of set pieces that you guys really liked during this movie? Uh, I thought the geography of the LA River didn't make a lick of sense. It was completely fucked up. But I love <laughs> the low-flying helicopters oh, yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the in the river section. I thought that was really cool. Fucking Danny shooting at them is great. Yeah. Michael Bay's got an eye for, like, the, the theatrical set pieces, and he does not disappoint here. It's it's mm-hmm. fantastic. I was going to say, one set piece I was not really a fan of was the... The shootout. The turret in the car. Oh, the turret in the car. Oh, the Breaking <laughs> the, Bad final episode thing? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. It, it was, was like, it just seemed a little bit too over the top for me. The scene that was kind of just set up so that like a bunch of cops would get gunned down and like, you know, Garrett Dillahunt's character gets gunned down in that in that situation and like... Yeah, that escalates things like crazy, right? Yeah. Because before that, I don't think they've killed anybody. Yeah. Right? They haven't killed anyone at that point, right? They yeah. themselves haven't, I don't think. Who knows about the destruction around them, but right. and uh, I, I actively... Guess the, the, initial, yeah. the initial raid, I'm sure somebody must get shot and die, but 
I think that th- that as much as like I get why you don't like this, and I agree. It's a little like, huh, this is taking a, a a weird shift, a weird escalation. It is over the top, but I'll say it again: it, it fits better than Breaking Bad's ending did, right? <laughs> <laughs> this is more in line with what you expected to obey than the, with what you wanted out of the end of Breaking Bad, at least me. So. Um, this didn't bother me as much. I actually was not a huge fan of the opening heist shootout. Oh, really? Mm. I liked it. Okay, why it do you like fine. it? It was fine. I mean, it was clearly trying to aid heat, mm-hmm. and it was not heat. But it was fine. You got that guy who got run over. I know, that was sick. Oh, brutal. They pulled him out, and like his guts are hanging out yeah. and stuff. It was fucking nasty. Yeah, that was yeah. wild. No, I agree. I don't think it was anything like super special. Yeah, uh, I think it was just like a means to an end. Like they had to get separated, and they had to find their way in the garage, and then that's how they found their way into the ambulance, right? And it's the rest like, of his crew has to die. Yeah, know, yeah everyone yeah. else. Yeah, to dive into something else, I don't know how you guys felt. There was like a point in this movie. It took forever for the cops to recognize the Will character, right? There was like a, a thread in this movie where people were like, "Who's he with? Who's Danny talking with? Who's with Danny?" And like, I thought maybe he was going to try to pull this thing where like. Will gets away somehow because they don't actually know who Will is. But then they figure out like, oh, no. And then the FBI guy's like, oh, no, that's Danny's brother, Will. So it's like, oh, okay. I don't know why they needed it. It takes so long to figure out who who Danny was talking with or who's Danny's accomplice. But yeah, I, I'll go along with it. Whatever. It's fine. I kind of like the FBI agent character, too. What's his name? Anson. He's like in therapy with his husband. And then the fucking robbery happens in the hostage situation. And he's like, all right, uh, peace. I'm leaving. Yeah, I gotta go. <laughs> as much as this is like an extraneous character being introduced halfway through the movie, as Derek was complaining about, I liked that. <laughs> yeah, I liked it too. I liked it too. Well, and then we also get the like stereotypical dynamic between cops and like FBI agents, right? Yeah. But I did find the jokes a little bit funny, like them jabbing at each other, like, you know, him calling Garrett Dillahunt's like a boomer. And like, I think that's pretty funny. <laughs> Some of those lines are pretty funny. I mean, overall, I think this is one of Michael Bay's highest critically um, rated movies. But when you look at Rotten Tomatoes, it's still pretty low. Like, you know what I mean? Like, relative. But, uh, I mean, I had a lot of fun with this. Like, it brought me back to, like, the feeling of Michael Bay in the 90s, right? Or the early 2000s. Mm -hmm. I think that's exactly how I felt coming out of this movie. And I think that's why I enjoyed it so much. Because those are the Michael Bay movies that I did enjoy. And, like, this kind of brought me back to those moments so 68 percent on rotten tomatoes i feel like anyone who rated this rotten is like come on man have a little fun (laughs) i feel like you can't be like nitpicking holes in logic and like all these other things it's michael pay yeah but i guess the rotten tomatoes is also for like if you don't know what you're getting into what are the chances you're gonna like this movie there is that too. right yeah, like, yeah yeah not everybody knows who michael bay is even. mark Kermode said the least unfavorite michael bay film <laughs> <laughs> wow one way to put it wait ever well his personal i really? guess really i mean the rock is how's the definitely yeah, better than the this. rock is way better than this both bad boys movies are way better than this do you guys know what the rocks rotten tomato score is Probably lower than you would think. Yeah, tell us. Let us know. It's also 68%. Really? The same? Really? Really? Interesting. No way. Yep. When I first saw it, I was like a little surprised. I don't understand it. Armageddon, 38%. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel like Michael Bay is just a certain vibe. Sometimes you vibe with it. Sometimes you don't. Listen, he's all about the spectacle. And you can't say that he doesn't deliver with pretty much any of his movies, right? Mm-hmm. Even Six Underground has that crazy magnet thing. 
I don't even remember what you're talking about. <laughs> I've seen the movie and I actually don't even remember what you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, uh, you guys have any kind of like final thoughts? I think that this is a, you know, a pretty dry movie, but the medical education you get is priceless. So. <laughs> Was it safe for her to use her hair clip? To Incredibly them? safe. Actually recommended. Um, they don't teach you that part of medical school, but that's actually recommended. It's- yeah, she needed a clamp. She just pulled it right out of her hair. And don't have anything be sterile at all. That's definitely bad. Avoid sterility at all costs. And your surgery definitely go better. I wrote something in my review. I said, I could spin some bullshit about Bay's tenuous grasp of spatial geography and the incomprehensibility of the edit as a metaphor for the chaos of a high-speed pursuit. But that just wouldn't be true. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm kind of upset you didn't even try to pull that one on us. That would have been, <laughs> see if we bought it. That would have been a nice. It's just not true. <laughs> he definitely does not care about those things. Yeah, 100%. But I do think, like, he does purposefully, like, insert this metaphor of, like, the symbol of this ambulance just wreaking havoc across L.A. and, like, destroying people's lives. As like a metaphor for the American healthcare system. Oh my yeah. god. You know what? Good try. You don't think my metaphor works? <laughs> you know what? It's excellent. <laughs> it's as excellent as using a hair tie as a clamp for your spleen or whatever she did. Apparently he consulted with trauma surgeons to make that as, I don't know. Realistic as possible. Yeah. So, I mean, you know what? I'm not a trauma surgeon, so I'll defer to those people. who. I bet he just asked some trauma surgeons and they're like, Okay, sure, that works. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) That might work. I mean, theoretically, it could work, you know? (laughs) I think I read something about the trauma surgeons in the movie that she's, like, FaceTiming to tell her to do the surgery. I think those guys were actually surgeons, maybe. I think I read that somewhere. Oh. Okay. Okay. Who knows? Hey, just say it works, and I'll put you in the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Right? One last thing I wanted to ask you guys is now looking at the box office. So the worldwide box office, not just domestic, worldwide is only at $41 million. That's really low. Yeah. And could this be marking the end of Michael Bay? I just think it's marking the end of like the mid-budget movie. It's really sad, actually. Like We've been eating pretty good lately, like everything everywhere all at once ambulance this movie and then the northman's coming out you know Mm -hmm. like there's a lot of good movies out but i feel like no one's actually gonna go see these i know the sandra bullock rom-com did okay uh the lost city Mm -hmm. sonic did well (laughs) yeah (sighs) that does not count sonic does not count it's a fucking that's a tentpole now (laughs) and it's an ip it is you know it is it is I don't know. How are we going to get people to embrace these kinds of movies anymore? Because I feel like 10, 15 years ago, this movie would have killed. Yeah, it should have been a banger. Yeah. You know what it is? I feel like the critical reception would have been worse, but more people would have gone to see it. People would be like, this is typical Michael Bay garbage. It fucking sucks, but then everyone would go see it anyway because it's Michael Bay. Mm-hmm. Does COVID have anything to do with this? Or is this just a continuation of this trend in the movie industry of like strangling the mid-budget movie? I don't. I wouldn't say that COVID doesn't have an influence. I think like people are still not all ready to go back to the theaters. But yeah, I, I do think that th- this might be a, a symptom of like of all these things. Like you know, it's the Michael Bay film. I understand some people are not Michael Bay fans anymore. I think it's coming out at the wrong time. Like I think if this was like a summer movie, it might have done better. 
right? Like if it was kind of marketed as like the summer blockbuster. Yes, it I could agree. have done better. I did feel like I was in the movie theater at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think the stars are the problem. I think like no, I, you know, I think someone like Jake Gyllenhaal. The stars aren't the movie. problem, but I mean, these aren't megawatt stars either, though. Yes, all yeah. right. Like the most we, recognizable. We, we, we've Jake seen Gyllenhaal. Yaya Abdul-Mateen in a million things on this podcast, but like most people probably haven't. Jake Gyllenhaal's like again, he's not a tier one star by any means. He's tier one in my heart. Okay, all right, whatever, whatever. <laughs> S, <laughs> whatever. S tier. <laughs> There's a post of him up on your wall. Like, the, the, average, okay. the average moviegoer isn't like running out to see, you know, like just because Jake Gyllenhaal is in it. It's like, ooh, the Dottie Darko kid, love him. Like, I don't know. I mean, I might, but like most people aren't going to. But he's Mysterio. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Mysterio is divorced from Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, exactly. He only played I, I it agree. once, and it's an IP, right? Like, yeah. if they're just like now, I don't know. Chris Rock is Mysterio, people would just roll with it because it's the IP they care about. The actor underneath yeah, is, yeah, yeah. is immaterial. That's so true, but that's a, that's a good point. Yeah, I think COVID does have a little bit to do with it because, you know, there are people who are braving to go out to the theaters, and if they want to choose between this mid-budget Michael Bay movie, which they know nothing about, or fucking Spider-Man No Way Home, they're betting on the sure thing, right? They're going to go see the sure thing, even though I rated this one higher than No Way Home. But. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not even just comparing to No Way Home. I'm like, even thinking about like the movie market right now, there is like a lot of movies that a lot of people do have choices amongst right now. Like, yeah, we brought up the Sonic movies. I mean, right now, Fantastic Beasts is out. Everything everywhere, you know, like there are plenty of movies right now that you can watch. This wasn't like... At the beginning of when movies were trying to come back, where like there was like a movie every like two weeks, and like, yeah, you know, there was nothing to watch. There are still plenty of things to watch right now because it is getting into that April right before the summer movie season does start. I, I think it is fighting a lot with you know some of these bigger IPs that are out right now. I really want this movie to do better. Were the theaters full for this one for you guys? Uh, no, it was like ten, maybe ten of us. Yeah, mine was pretty empty. Yeah, I mean, I went to the press screening and that was like maybe 10, 15 people. Really? Dude, I really hope the Northman pulls one out and does well, but... Uh, I hope so, too. I don't care because it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I don't care. I don't (laughs) give a shit. If I'm the only person who gets to see this movie, good. Fuck the rest of you. You don't even deserve it. (laughs) (laughs) It's totally fine. Like, I mean, I guess just in the sense of wanting him to have access to bigger budgets if he wants it in the future sure but like, yeah. i don't give a shit if the movie makes money that is not what it's about i'm so psyched yeah for it. yeah it's all about killing fjolnir right <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely is there anything else you guys wanted to bring up about ambulance or ambulance ambulance no i think that's it i guess if that's it that will conclude this week's episode jeff where can people find more of your work you can find me on my blog at strangeharbors.com, and you can also find my review of Ambulance on there, and you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at Strange Harbors. What about you guys? Uh, you can find me lobbying to get Chris Rock uh, to play the next Mysterio. What about you? <laughs> <laughs> you can find me at the World's OKS Photos and Screen Agents Guild on Instagram. But if you like this podcast, the easiest way to support our podcast is to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any of the other popular podcast apps. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please do us a favor and give us a great rating. It really helps to get our podcasts out to more people. 
Yeah, if you have any questions, comments, suggestions on our episode on ambulance, feel free to shoot us an email at jeff at strangeharbors.com. Sometimes we read out the emails on the pod. So with that, we will see you guys next week. See you next week, everybody. See you guys then.